Okay, guys, here's the deal for this week's podcast. I have tried multiple ways of trying to cut and splice our live recording into the podcast that you expect. But unfortunately, the app and the technology is not working for me right now. I have tried turning it on and off again. So following this is our continuous recording that we did on Tuesday night. Um, as you'll see, Christina's segment is at the start of the recording. And after that, we'll follow the rest of the podcast. There should be gaps of only about a minute to 30 seconds in most places where we're just talking about random stuff. So bear with us and hopefully next week we're back to our usual uh, schedule. Thanks. Welcome everybody to episode five of the How You Say podcast. I'm Boyd. I'm AJ. And let's get to it. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Deschutes Hopseed Autumn IPA. It is in fact delicious. Cheers to that. All right. So marquee matchup from last week was uh, Boyd versus AJ, host versus host. And AJ, you took me down, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, basically because of Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I feel like I'm going to be riding this one all year long. He giveth and he taketh away. He gave me 40 points last week, which was pretty much uh, solely responsible for my win, and he gave me 7.5 this week. I'm pretty sure he had negative 4 with like 7 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Something like that. And uh, that was not good. Coupled and with then... Dan Bailey, 0. Fuck Minnesota. <laughs> well, the other thing was, he gave garbage time to everyone but Diggs. Yeah. He gave garbage time to Thielen, who got like 10 points in those last four or five minutes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rudolph got a touchdown. So it's just like, everyone else happens to be loving garbage time Kirk Cousins. But Diggs with 1.7 points. Well, he got you some garbage time last week. So some weeks you get it, some weeks you won't. Um, you mean last week when they were tied? When yeah, there's no garbage time when they're actually tied. I mean, like, with, literally... with that roughing the passer call, that was all garbage time <laughs> from there on out. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, you had a pretty solid week across the board. Uh, your new acquisitions, Kittle and Lynch, got you 11 and 14. Um, I had a chance Monday night. Uh, Jesse James needed 20.1 points and he got 0. 0.7, yes. but the other Pittsburgh tight end did get 21 points. Had um, I just picked up the correct <laughs> Pittsburgh tight end, I would have won. Did he actually get? Yeah, he did. I checked it this morning. 21.4 or something like that. It would, I would have had a point to spare. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what was most interesting, I think was that, uh, I had 99 points on my bench, which was more than my starting lineup. I should have just started my bench. I might, it looks like I would have been a couple points short. But uh, yeah, I could have started any number of guys on my bench mm -hmm. and I would have beat you. No, you just said you were a couple of points <laughs> short. <laughs> but I digress. Um, what? How were you feeling? Were you feeling pretty confident the whole time? or uh, I was not confident after Thursday night. Okay. Thursday night, you pulled out to a 31 to 0 lead uh-huh your projection went from your 95 to i think it was 106 or 107 hyde had a big game on his birthday yeah i know well nearly a son's birthday 
Again, a little bit of garbage time there. Well, they needed all that. They only won by four points. They needed all those points. Oh, and then what about the Browns who were like, I'm like, great. They're doing okay. Like there was, they let in 17 points very quickly. Mm, yeah. And then they get an int and then a fumble recovery. And it's just like, hey, we're, we're a decent defense who can actually create turnovers. Uh Brown's defense are sneaky good, and I look forward to writing them all year long. They were also playing Sam Darnold. <laughs> I look forward to playing the defense against Sam Darnold all year long. All right, so uh, next up on the board, we had Corey and Andrew. Uh, the 0-2 versus the 0-2. Correct. Some person was going to stumble into a win. It's true. And I think that's what happened, because... Well, Andrew pulled the uh, the old boy to start somebody that gets 40 points and get a win. Uh, Calvin Ridley, <laughs> out of nowhere, 40-point game. Uh, quarterback Jared Goff got 30 points. That accounted for 70% of his points. Honestly, the rest of his roster was hot garbage, but he needed two guys to get points, and mm-hmm. he got it. Yeah, like, that was, like, did, did he have anyone on the bench that was scoring points? Uh, oh, wow, he had yeah. 56 bench points, so, yeah, could have gone Cooper Cup. And Jameson Clowder. Carry on Johnson had a 100-yard game with 13 yeah. points. Uh, Corey, falling to 0-3 on the season. Preseason favorites. Well, actually, no, no last it, year they were the preseason, preseason favorites. Race. This year they were America's team. And uh, just like the Cowboys, Owen, well, actually, Cowboys have a win. So, <laughs> so not even, even as Even good. worse than the Cowboys. Well, Corey. Uh, Corey's new additions, Enunwa and Reed, accounted for 12.2 points. So, so hmm. yeah, interesting I, on uh, the trade. Well, there. we'll be talking about that, <laughs> and we'll also be talking about how just like call the Forty ers Corey doesn't have a starting quarterback this week. Oh, is it too soon? Uh never too soon. I, I think as soon as Garoppolo went down, that was the time to start throwing barbs. Uh, next matchup, we had Christina and Danny. Uh, we thought this one was going to be pretty close, and it was not. Christina is dominating the league right now. Top of the league. Another 100-point performance. 130 this week. Yeah. Uh, with multiple guys scoring 16 to 27 points. Uh, like, I think that her top three players are... A, like, her top two... Her two running backs are probably in the top five. If not the top three. Well, Kamara's got to be number one. I think Gurley's up there, but I think Kamara's number one. Yeah. Barkley's proven that he was every bit worth the draft pick that was spent on him, both by the Giants and by Christina. (laughs) And then, like, who would be up there in Lonnie Rock? Maybe. Uh, James Conner's up there. Yeah, but he was good week one. After that, he's been okay. Yeah. Well, he's still putting up points. I mean, 32, 16, 11. I mean, the state of running back as uh, we may discuss more in depth in later podcasts. But the state of running back is very interesting. You've got a couple of guys that are proven worth their draft pick and a couple of surprises. Matt Breda leading the league in rushing right now. Uh, There's not a lot of bell cows out there. We were looking. Mm -hmm. uh, There's only like 10 running backs that have over 200 yards. There's only 10 running backs that are averaging 60 yards a game. 60 yards a game. So. Those bell cows. Those pass yeah. uh, exactly. There's a lack of bell cows right now. So the pass catching running backs are the ones that are most valuable, like Kamara. 
Anyway, uh, Danny only had uh, one running back worth the crap in this game. Philip Lindsay went back to being Philip Lindsay, got him two points. So fortunately, uh, well, Danny fell did, down to two and one. He did get ejected for punching someone. I think you, I, I think so. you have to take that into effect, take that into <laughs> account when you start running backs. Like, is my running back a hothead and possibly going to punch some dude out at the bottom of a scrum? I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Anyway, uh, next matchup. Actually, the nail-biter of the week was Tony Tanzi and Justin Baker. At this point, uh, I don't know the stat corrections have actually... I think stat corrections come on Wednesday. But at this point, Tony Tanzi with the .1 point wins, 76.9 to 76.8. Yeah, it, it, it was... It came down to Monday night, which was Mike Evans versus uh, Juju and Peyton Barber. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the matchup, yep. right? And Mike Evans pulled it out because he, Tony was behind and Mike Evans outscored Juju and Peyton Barber by five points. Yep, a little come from behind win. Um, also uh, point out that this was the lowest scoring matchup of the week. <laughs> I'm not sure that either one of these guys deserve a win with that score, but uh, Tony Tanzi... Welcome to the winner's bracket. Uh, must feel good to get your first win of the season. Maybe this is a sign of things to come. Uh, probably got to get Breeze back in that starting lineup, though. Uh, next up, we got Holtzclaw and Dr. Bad Touch, Laura Thornquist, uh, with a comfortable 16-point win. Uh, another big game from mm-hmm. Matt Ryan. He uh, is looking like early candidate for one of the pickups of the year. Back-to-back 30- and 40-point games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Didi's not doing much. Corey is sad. Law is probably sad as well. Like, we expected more from Didi. We did. I expect Didi to get at least 20 points. And and he did not come close. Uh, It's a little boom boss. Gronkowski had a down day. Like, who knows if this is the new norm with New England not being that powerhouse offense. It might be, yeah. We might have to adjust our expectations for that entire offense. The running backs have not been very usable. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gronk has not been very good. He had, uh, I think, a good week one and six catches for 66 yards in the last two weeks combined. So, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. I feel like there are better days ahead, but uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is Brady showing his age. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is, you know, the end of an era. Who knows? Uh, And then the last matchup of the week was Barrett and Eric. Uh, Barrett won quite comfortably. As we suggested, as we predicted. As we predicted. Uh, Eric was a little feistier than I thought. Uh, I didn't give him nearly enough credit. Eric did a pretty decent job. Um, picked up Tyler Boyd, left him on your bench. Uh, maybe you start him next time. But otherwise, you know, got a big game out of Robert Woods, big game out of Christian McCaffrey, threw Smallwood in your lineup uh, for a quick 15 points there. So not, not bad. Uh, you got a 94 just going up against Barrett's 132. It was pretty hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Um not a whole lot going on on Barrett's bench. She's running in a situation in which she might be in trouble come the bye week. But tell those bye weeks, uh, that's going to be a pretty good team she's got running out there. Mm-hmm. And so, getting to our weekly flies, winner this week with the most bench points was Boyd. Boso coming through, stacking the bench. Definitely stacking the bench. It's as possible. We suggested. It's possible that I threw this matchup. 
so that I could win $9.99. You know, I, I will neither confirm nor deny that, but I did happen to leave a lot of good players on the bench. Yep. Was that an accident? We'll never know. So Boyd did do the dastardly thing of losting three quarterbacks, leaving two on the bench, hoping... That's completely illegal. There's nothing that says I can't do that, and I'm surprised that the rest of you did not do something of the sort. So I think I also helped you because I was quicker to the gun, Mm -hmm. and I picked up... Picked up my boy Blake Bortles. Yeah, who was outscored by the two you picked up after. Yeah, he sure was. So... Well, thank you for the, the little assist there on the nine ninety nine, AJ. Uh, you're not getting any of that money, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> uh, moving on to other notable transactions of the week. Uh, as Boyd said, Wendell Smallwood was a really good pickup. Maybe potentially for one week, maybe for another. Who knows how long a jar he's out. The other good pickup was Boyd, not this Boyd. The one that can actually catch a ball. I can catch balls. <laughs> I'm very good at, at catching and, and holding balls. But no, Tyler Boyd, uh, my brother from another mother, uh, 23 points this week. So we'll see uh, with A.J. Green out for maybe an extended period of time. We'll see. Those groins can be a little lingering. So that may have been a pretty sneaky pickup. Uh, kind of a slow week on the waiver wire, especially coming out of the waiver period. Uh, we covered last week's waivers. Uh, we're recording this podcast on Tuesday, so we have not seen the week four waiver claims yet so as of the recording of this podcast we're just going with the free agents and so those are kind of the best moves of the week there was a pretty notable trade though involving Corey and my counterpart here aj that we mentioned live on the air live on the air now the the trade that we mentioned live on the air was not the trade that ultimately got accepted you guys uh tweaked it a little bit so basically AJ got Marshawn, George Kittle, and Chris Godwin, and Corey got Jordan Reed, Demarius Thomas, Quincy, and Nunwa, and you guys each dropped uh, a worthless player from your bench. Uh, but, you know, I think it probably is pretty close to even. You could, you could go one way or the other. League votes are in, and they say that uh, two to one, AJ won the trade. Uh, not a whole lot of people, it sounds like, cared about this trade. Uh, based on the amount of votes that we got. But uh, we'll talk about it a little bit. I I mean... So, initially, I was feeling... Yeah, it's a slight win-win for both uh, teams. Both teams are upgrading spots of need. Corey had a need at wide receiver. I had a need at running back. Lynch wasn't in Corey's starting lineup. Neither were Inunwe or Demelius Thomas. So, it was win-win. In that situation where Corey put in Inunua into his starting lineup, I put in Lynch. Lynch mm-hmm. delivered. Inunua didn't. Yep. Um, and then there was a slight downgrade for me, slight upgrade for Corey in terms of tight ends. Yeah. That was until Jimmy G went down, and now it's looking like quite a good upgrade mm. where you're getting guaranteed... The production of Jordan Reed will still stay at the same level, whereas George Kittle is going to be much more boom and bust, like he was last year, uh, the first half of last year. Yeah. The interesting thing is Jordan Reed is also made of glass. So he, it's true. 
Yeah, that may be a wash. This entire trade might end up being a wash. I mean, none of these guys, as you mentioned, were starting for either one of you. While you had a fair amount of depth at the position, you know, obviously, uh, in times of need, these guys are starting for you. Uh, I mean, I would say this. I think the most interesting player in the trade from a keeper perspective is Chris Godwin, and you got him. So uh, if nothing else, I feel like you maybe have the best keeper potential out of the trade, and we'll see if Marshawn can continue to be productive at the ripe old age of 32. Mm-hmm. And so to finish off on the trade, just a little bit of insight behind the scenes. Mm, is... Intel. We like Intel. Corey is an interesting trading partner. Like the final what facets to consider with Corey Duncan. The final negotiations were going down, and Corey offered me the player that you picked out as the potential winner mm, <laughs> of uh-huh. the trade. But he also then offered me Devonte Parker. If you saw Devonte Parker, Corey's fifth or sixth love child, he dropped. Instead, and that's the scraps that Corey will offer you yeah. to like try and put the cherry on the trade. When in actual fact, if you don't pick up those guys, you can probably pick them up off waivers for free. Yeah, yeah. No, in my own experience, I've had uh, a very similar situation in which Corey and I have been negotiating, and uh, the final negotiation, he throws in one last player. He's like, "Well, I'll give you this guy." And it's usually somebody that he's going to drop if you don't end up selecting them. So, uh, And if we go back to the initial trade of the season, which was Corey, what we thought was stealing Zeke from Danny. Yeah. Yeah, we were uh, very, very hard on Danny for that trade. But uh, we may have been wrong about that trade. Zeke isn't doing what Zeke does. No. He's just... He's Come back to the field. Finally got some yards this week, but those were mostly in a two-touchdown blowout uh, against the Seahawks. Um, That offense does not look good. Uh, I mean, I think defenses on a routine basis are going to be stacking the box, and it's Mm going to be like this all year long. There's not going to be very many touchdowns. He'll have a couple hundred-yard games, but I don't think he's going to be the bell cow Corey thought he was getting. And Julio has been productive. He's been his usual 100-yard, no-touchdown self, so... Uh, you know, you throw in Isaiah Crowell, who uh, is no longer on Danny's team, but at the time of the trade, uh, I mean, he's got a couple double-digit weeks, a couple of two-touchdown weeks, Mm -hmm. so I think we may have to reverse field on that one. Might have to eat a little crow. And so lastly, just because I want to see Corey go 0-4. We all do. Corey does not have a starting quarterback this week because the team from Washington is on by <laughs> the washington professional football team yes they're on by uh, he has no backup quarterback so Corey's gonna have to pick up a quarterback if he wants to avoid going 0 and 4 i don't know that it's gonna matter but to try not to go 0 and 4 he's gonna need to pick up a quarterback I don't know. So, are you gonna try and throw some trade offers there for i am flush with quarterbacks <laughs> right now most of which are scoring more points than alex smith will this week so yeah no there's some interesting maybe maybe zeke for kirk cousins i don't know what do you think Corey? <laughs> Would you do that? Probably not. All right. Uh, All right. So uh, just real quickly, uh, one of the interesting things we're finding with this podcast is that uh, it seems like people are kind of taking our advice. Uh, We've got a lot of power we're yielding these days. Last week, we we made the call that Barrett should be starting Geronimo Allison instead of 
uh, Pierre Garcon. And lo and behold, she throws Geronimo Allison in her starting lineup. Uh, now, later, she made the claim that it had nothing to do with her podcast. And while that may in fact be true, we cannot prove that she actually listened to the podcast. But podcast did drop at 9.45 Thursday morning, and she did not modify her roster until 5.49 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. So there were eight hours in there in which she may or may not have listened to the podcast, but it is quite the coincidence that she made the exact move that we predicted eight hours earlier. Uh, all right, so moving along, uh, we are going to go to our call-in guest. Uh, this week it is uh, Commissioner of the League, Christina Bratt. All right, joining us now live via telephone is Commissioner of the League, Christina. Christina, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm good. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing quite well. We're good. Great. So, Christina, first question, a softball question. <laughs> Just going to lob this one right in yeah. there. Have okay. you listened to the podcast? <laughs> I've listened to the first one. Okay, okay. Yeah. The whole thing or like five minutes? Quarters? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like enough to know that AJ and I are the hosts and, and not a whole lot else. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. That I do know. That, yes. Yes. So, do you know about Corley and the Moose? I, from what? No. <laughs> I've just heard about it or I've read about it on the WhatsApp chat group. We are excited to get Corey and Moose on the air. I mean, we've yeah. had Corey, but the Moose, uh, the, he sounds like a real smart guy. We got to introduce him to the league podcast. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, he has to make a, an appearance eventually, right? Yeah. Okay. So, well, so Christina, 3-0, and sitting atop the league. Must be feeling pretty good by yourself, right? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> no? <laughs> no? No. Unconfident <laughs> in your league-leading start? No, well, because that everyone's gunning after you. Mm. So, you know, I just have to keep up on my game. Okay. So, you know, there's a target on my back. There is. I know that. And I'm playing Corey this weekend. You so. sure are. Yeah, which I'll let you guys, if you when you want to talk about that. Well, tell us about it. Tell us yeah. how, how it's going. I, you know, this is, uh, uh, this is a big week. It is. It, it is. Like, have you sectioned off? The house, like, is there a big red line in the middle of it, <laughs> which is like his and yours? No, not yet, but uh, we might get there eventually. So I usually ask him, He, well, I will be honest, he normally reminds me Tuesday night to get my waiver claims in. Mm -hmm. Has <laughs> so he, he told you anything so on, far tonight? No, no, but I was on top of it already. Oh, okay. So, um, Well, let me ask so, you yeah. this. Is it the type of thing where... You guys don't talk at all, or where you keep trying to feed each other false information, like "Oh, hey, you should be starting this guy," or "You should be picking <laughs> up that guy." Like, where? Which direction do you go with it? Oh, well, definitely, there'll be some sabotaging this. Weekend. Oh, perfect. Uh, he's already started it. He's already, yeah. Well, follow he's up. Already... Uh, I mean, Corey's zero and three. How much sabotaging have you been doing already? Because it seems like quite a bit. <laughs> but if I lose to him this weekend, then it's just going to be awful. Mm. You know, one. You know, losing to him just because, you know, it's Corey would be just the worst. But two, you know, his losing record makes it really embarrassing if I was to lose to him. Uh, yeah. Well, look, I mean, is Corey allowed to sleep in the bed uh, before? I mean, he hasn't even got a victory yet. You must be kind of embarrassed, right? <laughs> I, I feel awful for him. Does he have to sleep outside? 
<laughs> He's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're going to be with AJ and Serby this weekend, so they're going to be able to oh, experience right. all the tension mm-hmm. between us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to have to keep it light between us, you know? Mm-hmm. We're going to be drunk on wine. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like the perfect time for some misinformation to be floating around the room. (laughs) Or a lot of angry fighting. Well, the other thing is, we're going to be out in eastern Washington. Mobile phone reception, Wi-Fi may not Mm, be the best. Might be a little spotty. Yeah. Yeah. Like Uh, last minute changes may not go through. There might be some secret late night trips into Spokane (laughs) so that you can get some Wi-Fi to make that last move. I thought AJ was going a little more... um, a little, a little more negative, and saying we're out in Eastern Washington. It's a great place to dump a body. But uh, you're sure, yeah, you can I do that think. too. <laughs> like it's a wide expanse. Someone's what? not going to make it back <laughs> after this weekend. Um, the uh, so, did you listen to the first podcast long enough where Boyd and I both picked your team? No, but Corey did tell me that. Mm. So we're pretty proud of ourselves, like. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would sure like my own team to be the top of the league right now, but yes, as far as inflating my own ego, yeah, yeah, we we made the call and it's proving correct so far. Well, like I said, though, it makes me nervous. I feel like uh, I made these these picks, and it's just it happens to work out. So much with fantasy is luck, mm-hmm. you know, and who gets injured, who doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, I thought that too until I won last year, and then I realized it was actually all skill. <laughs> and so, uh, well, we'd be remiss if we uh, let you go without asking you about uh, Spaghetti and Neil. How much advice are they giving you uh, to fuel your three and zero start right now? Oh, well, since you bring that up, I guess I should be honest and tell you that Spaghetti is actually a big part of. The, the picking of who ends up on the starting lineup. Oh, yeah. Just, just so you know, um, this weekend I wasn't sure if I should start Gio or Corey Clement. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of back and forth and I, a lot of overthinking possibly. Um, so I asked Spaghetti, Swami Spaghetti, yeah. which one I should choose. And I, I put uh, their names on a card and I just waited for Spaghetti to put his butthole down. <laughs> Interesting so, strategy. I've not heard of that yeah, one before. Yeah. Well, you know, it is, you know, cat butthole. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm using his butthole as, uh, as the, you know, the, the, the pointer of which one I should pick. So he chose Geo and he did a great job. Mm. You know, how jealous is Neil that you're using Spaghetti's butthole as your team icon? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. No. He understands that it, you know, it was here before him, and <laughs> and you know, it, plus Neil is so spoiled. I mean, so it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for you this week, Christina. Thank you so much for joining us, and Yo. best of luck against uh, the husband. Thank you. Good thank luck. you very much. We're rooting for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Well, yes, and you we're, know, we're all rooting for an zero and sixteen season from Corey. <laughs> <laughs> well, we so, well Corey doesn't listen to the podcast either, so your secret yeah. is safe with the rest of the league. <laughs> what I'm hoping for is some zero and four teams to go like full tilt, like massive fire sale. Mm. Yeah, 
You know, I think there's a couple of teams that are already on the the, um, the fence on that. Yeah. Just from what I think. Yep, so. I think you're right. Hmm. I think we might have just got some intel there, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't don't read that. No, oh, okay. Oh, no, I wouldn't read that. Any right. hoodles. All right. <laughs> Commissioner, you have right. yourself a great evening and best of luck this week. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, so this week's marquee matchup is uh, Trouble on the Home Front, Corey and Christina. Commissioner versus, uh, we'll call, her, call him Vice Commissioner. Is it Lily Trouble? Like, Christina's going to win this. I feel like there's like, there's a Cor- storm brewing here, no matter what happens. It's always contentious, uh, especially when those two face each other. Uh, currently, uh, Christina's projected win by 39. A little misleading. Uh, Corey does have Alex Smith and Jordan Reed in his lineup who are on a bye. So eventually he'll pick up a quarterback and a tight end, which eh, maybe you can give him about 20, 25 points there. So still a healthy 15 to 20 point projection advantage for Christina. So I think it's time for our weekly game show. Who will Team X drop? Mm, I love this. I'm pretty sure we're 0-4 so far, but uh, love playing it anyway. All right, so uh, Christina's got a pretty healthy lineup here. Corey's going to need to pick up a quarterback. He's also going to need to pick up a tight end. That means two people are hitting the waiver wire. Yeah, so he's dropping Alex Smith. I feel like that's probably... Corey does a lot of screaming. Yeah. So he's going to drop Alex Smith. He's not going to drop Jordan Reed. Nope. So he has to drop someone. Uh, I feel like Mark Walton is the slam dunk here. Yeah. I don't know that there's really any other contenders. So, yeah, I'll, I'll second that. Alex Smith and Mark Walton. I Hitting will, the waiver wire. I'm lock gonna it in. I'm going to say Corey Davis. Really? You think Corey Davis is hitting the waiver wire? All right. Yeah. I know it's his namesake. Yeah. But I think so. He hasn't performed well this year. Well, Corey had a chance to pick up uh, Jacksonville Jaguar great Corey Grant and did not do it. So I don't know that there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, loyalty there with other Corys. His <laughs> bid for Corey Clement was not high enough to get him. So, yep. yeah, no, he could he could drop Corey. Uh, all right, so obviously we have no idea who Corey's going to be starting at quarterback, but he'll be going up against uh, Philip Rivers. I feel like Rivers is probably better than mm-hmm. anybody Corey could get off waiver wire, so we'll give yep. Christine an advantage there. Running back, this is probably the closest matchup of the week. Corey's got Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott. Christina's got Kamara and Barkley. I mean, I feel like in name, Corey's probably got it. But, you know, as we discussed, Zeke's not having the season you would have hoped. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt's got to go to Denver. Even in name, he like the two running backs versus Corey's two running backs. Probably still close in name. I mean, Kamara no. is probably the number one running back in yeah. football. I haven't... Uh, fact check myself, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say number one running back in football. Saquon is having a real good year. I mean, based on 2018 projection, uh, yep, in fact, Kamara is number one running back. Uh, based on 2018 production, Christina's got the edge. And I'm going to say based on matchups, uh, we're going to stick with that. And I give Christina the edge at running back. So my uh, my partner here is looking up stats right now. Uh, Kamara number one, Barkley number five, Cream Hunt uh, number sixteen, and Ezekiel Elliott number ten. So a uh, pretty significant edge, I would say, for Christina's running backs. And then, do we even want to go any further? Because Alan Robinson hasn't done anything with Mitch Trubisky. 
Demelius Thomas has been a shadow of himself, and he can't start Jordan Weed. Former member of the ball is Demarius Thomas. Let's see, that's, uh, now that he's no longer a ball, <laughs> his old manager's uh, throwing shade on him. How convenient. Hey, I will like to say, and I will keep calling it out, because every week it seems to continue to be true, I called on draft day, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be the star. Mm. I called like two weeks ago, Emmanuel Sanders. Then last week, you were saying, we almost had a bet of Emmanuel Sanders versus Kenny Galladay. A oh, bet? You tried trading me Emmanuel Sanders for Kenny Galladay. And no, I, said no. I, I asked you, oh, who okay. do you think, like, would you do a straight trade? Like, who do you think is better? Mm. I think Galladay is, uh, he produces more fantasy points than Emmanuel Sanders. From here on out and over <laughs> over the course of the year. I would... I will accept that bet. Oh. I'll accept that be a bet. Oh, here we go. You got Emmanuel Sanders, I got Kenny Galladay. Put it on the board. It's up there. All right, back to the matchup. Uh, yeah, the reunion tour of Corey with Alan Robinson as he was uh, shut out so famously three years ago. Not going the way Corey anticipated. Uh, kind of like most of his players, it seems. <laughs> But Adam Thielen playing like a top three receiver this year. Golden Tate has been productive. Uh, I think he's only found the end zone once, but uh, I'm going to give the edge at receiver to Christina as well. Technically technically fifth for Thielen. (laughs) Uh, Tight end. We've got OJ Howard for Christina versus God knows who for Corey uh, because he's going to have to go pick up a tight end. Uh, I think I give the edge to Christina on OJ Howard. I mean, tight end, honestly, tight end is very fluid after the top yes. three or even the top one. I mean... No, even... I would say the top three. I would say you had um, Gronk, you have Rudolph, I would say. Ooh, you got him in the top three? I So I I'll mean, say this. I would say Kelsey is the number one tight end right now, and yeah. I don't have 100% confidence in anybody else. I think I think we're seeing some cracks in the armor with Gronk and with his injury history. I don't know that he's a guy that I would trade for. Uh, I think Zach Ertz played a little bit above his weight last year. He's he's a good player, and with Wentz back, you know we'll see what you get there. But yep. Wentz was not great in his first week back, and outside of that, I don't know that you really know what you're getting. Like I like Rudolph. I don't know that I love Rudolph. Uh, so I mean, the difference between Rudolph and OJ Howard is. Not as big as Kelsey and anybody else. So I like the the adage I take with tight ends is the only tight ends that have good weeks are tight ends that caught touchdown passes. And then the exception to the rule was Gronk. And the tiny, tiny exception to the rule when he first broke out was Jordan Reed. Which was like Gronk can have a great game because he's put up hundred yard games. And not caught a t- uh, not caught a touchdown. Well, Kelsey was that guy for a while. He was a hundred yard guy with not a lot of touchdowns, and maybe he still is that guy. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that Chiefs offense is probably top three, if not top one. I mean, I know I pick a different offense each week to call the greatest offense in the NFL, <laughs> but the Chiefs are right up there. So anyway, I give Christina an edge here, depending on what Corey does. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's a position in flux, though. You never know what you're going to get at a tight end week in week okay. out. Okay, so your prediction? 
well, let's go through the flex real quick. Uh, Corey's got Mike Williams. Christina's got Geo. I like Mike Williams. I'll, I'll give Corey a little dap on this one. Uh, I'll also give Corey the edge in defense because he's starting the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And uh, kicker, Corey's starting it. No, never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Corey's close in a couple of the positions. I give him the edge in flex, but I like Christina overall. I'm going with Christina. All right. So moving on to Boyd versus Danny, two and one versus two and one. Mm-hmm. We have four out of the six matchups this week have the same records playing each other. So this is yeah. two and one versus two and one. We have a three and zero oh versus three and zero. Oh. Um, yeah, and so a bit of a baby uh, rivalry week, you may say, with so many uh, close matchups and records. We've got Andrew and AJ. Uh, we've got Corey and Christina. We've got Bake and Eric. Uh, we've Corey got... and Christina don't have the same record. No, but but they're you know in uh, in spirit there's there's some some juice there. Okay. Uh, me and Danny because I've been so critical of his team and and been wrong on a lot of the players, not all of them, but I've been wrong on a couple of them. Uh, so a little bit of juice there as well. So anyway, yeah, me versus uh, Danny. What do you got? I'll give you a first shot at it. So well, okay, so we're doing quick picks. Um, uh, the edge is to uh, Danny right now. Danny's projected to win by 9.4. Mm-hmm. I will pick... Let me look at the matchups. Uh, okay. I'll jump in here real quick. Um, I kind of like Danny's team. Uh, I like Are you going to pick against your... I like Julio Jones. Uh, I like James Conner, and obviously it's hard to ignore what Pat Mahomes is doing. Yeah, like so honestly, are you I, picking against yourself? I am a little scared of Pat. No, I'm picking for myself. But okay. I, you know, I want to give uh, Danny a little credit here. Like it's it's going to be close, and uh, I'm not particularly excited about facing Pat Mahomes. But I, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to Denver uh, in prime time. We'll see Ooh. if uh, he can continue to perform under the bright prime time lights and the high altitude. So uh, the interesting thing is Danny's starting defense is the Broncos. Yeah. And he has a three of his players are in this one matchup. Uh, Pat Mahomes, Philip Lindsay, or Royce Freeman. Whichever running back he starts. Well, if Lindsay is suspended for punching dudes, then he might have to go with Royce Freeman. Yeah. And then he has the Broncos D. So interesting strategy starting the defense that your quarterback is throwing mm-hmm. against. But... Let's Usually not recommended, pay. but we'll see what happens. And yet, I will still pick Danny. Will you? All right. Yeah. Excellent. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. Uh, in the battle of the kickers, uh, Danny's starting a kicker who has negative points on the season. Chris Boswell <laughs> is still not in the positive. Uh, I'm not sure why he's sticking with him. Uh, and as we know, kickers are people too and usually decide fantasy matchups. So, uh, Boso taking the, the kicker matchup on this one. Uh, next up, we've got Andrew and AJ. Uh, projections have AJ as a 13-point favorite here. Uh, quick picks. Quick picks, yeah. No, uh, I mean, your team's fine. I I still don't know what to make of David Johnson. Like, what's going on with that guy? He was the number one player in fantasy, like not even running back or, or anything. Like, two years ago. Two years ago, that's right. Uh, was the number one player in fantasy. And at some point, you feel like they've got to start featuring him. They said they were going to feature him last week. Didn't happen. Uh, He's going up against the vaunted Seahawks defense this week. So I don't know if this is the week. But at some point, you think you're going to get David Johnson back, right? Mm. 
Perhaps. Uh, I think I still like your team. I mean, I know that Ridley went for 40 points last week, and he's got Hopkins. Can you not pick me? Because every time you pick me, I lose. Oh. And every time you don't pick me, I win. So pick... <laughs> Pick the other team. In that case, I am definitely picking AJ in this matchup. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Holtzclaw and Tansy. Uh, current projections have uh, Tan or sorry, uh, Holtzclaw is a seventeen point favorite. Yep, and I'm gonna pick Holtzclaw. Yeah, hard to go against that. I mean, he's still got Devonte and Antonio Brown and. Isaiah Crowell is more productive than we thought he was going to be, although he is facing Jacksonville's defense this week. Oh, I will say one thing. Because it is early in the week, because it is a Tuesday, I choose not to pick anyone. Or I will pick um, I will pick Tony if Fitzpatrick is benched. Okay. We don't know whether it's Fitzpatrick or James Winston starting this week and his other quarterback... Cam Newton is on by. Mm. Oh, another team that may need a quarterback. So maybe Holtzclaw's <laughs> looking at a quarterback. Well, guess who's got three quarterbacks on his roster? Boso. Let's make a deal. Um, I'll say this. Uh, Drew Brees is playing out of his mind right now, and it's hard to count out uh, the Wounded Knees Massacre at Tony Tanzi when he's got Drew Brees and Mike Evans out there. I mean, as we discussed last week, the Eagles defense is probably still his third best player. But, I mean, he gets 5 to 10 points from some of these guys that aren't very good, and he gets 40 points out of Breeze and 25 to 30 out of Mike Evans, and he could take him down. Uh, I got my eye on Tony Tanzi's team this week, but officially I will go with Holt Squaw. Yeah, I will go with Holt Squaw as well. Uh, next matchup we have is Eric versus Justin, uh, Battle of Jersey, right? Jersey mm -hmm. or Philly? I know they're Eagles fans, but I feel like they say they're from Jersey. Jersey. Former housemates. Yeah. We'll see. We may need to get the League of Actually of Statements uh, to look into that one. Uh, but the current projections on this have Baker as a 22-point favorite. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about this week. Uh, Eric may or may not get Dalvin Cook back. Granted, he's going up against the Rams' defense, but uh, you got to like that. With McCaffrey on bye, uh, Eric is very thin at running back, and so he's pretty much going to need Cook to play. Uh, to have a chance in this one, I think. Um, Carson Wentz, you know, second week back from injury. Uh, we'll see how he performs. Uh, there's probably a little more volatility with Eric's roster than with Baker's roster. Mm -hmm. uh, who do you like in this matchup? I will go... I think... Tennessee, Tennessee defenses are strong. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Justin. I will second that. Uh, last matchup of the week. We've got 3-0 Barrett Thompson versus 3-0 Laura. Women rule the world, or at least our league. They sure do. The only people with 3-0 records in this league are the women, and not a single woman has lost to a man. So, uh, great job, ladies. So, Christina, if you do lose to Coy, you're going to be the first. <laughs> Gotta, gotta, not that she listens to us anyway. Gotta hold up. No, she's not gonna listen to this. But if somebody could tell Christina, it's on her to to keep the ladies' crown uh, holding high. Uh, so projections have Barrett Thompson as an eight point nine point favorite in this one. Okay, can we pause here? Because there's a 
I like to give Barrett shit about being from Minnesota and like supporting the Packers or mm-hmm. well I actually got it right that time. I normally say she's from Wisconsin and she supports the Vikings. But if we look at her logo, it's a bear. Which is like a Chicago bear eating a salmon. Which I'm assuming means she's a bear fan and hates the Seahawks. Yeah. That's the only way that you can read that. But then the bear's wearing a Seahawks helmet. Mm-hmm. Like, can you try and not confuse us anymore? Or... I don't know. I can't even make up words now. That's how confused I am. I just wish Barrett would have an emblem that has something to do with the two girls, one cup meme from the internet. Like, Bear wearing a Seahawks helmet, eating a salmon. I don't know. I don't know what that is. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. We need need some two girls, one cup action. And is this her emblem? Because Bear, Bear what? Could be. Back to the bat chat. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with Laura on this one. I've been riding her, uh, win streak for a couple of weeks now. Uh, she got Chris Thompson in the flex right now, which is, and he's on by, which is probably the reason she's not projected to, uh, beat Barrett, but she could throw potentially Josh Gordon, uh, new New England Patriot, maybe Jordy Nelson in there. Uh, she's already got DD Westbrook in there. So, you know, he's going to go for 20 points. Uh, she's got my boy, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Matt Ryan is on fire right now. Melvin Gordon has been extremely productive. Granted, Barrett's got uh, the number one wide receiver in fantasy, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas, uh, and the number two running back, Todd mm-hmm. Gurley. So she's got some some top-end potential, as well as Aaron Rodgers, who I'm not sure if Rodgers has received a marriage proposal from Barrett Thompson yet, but I'm sure that's on its way. Uh, but... I like uh, the depth of Laura's team. So I'm going to take Laura in this one. I think this is the first one we're going to disagree. Excellent. I will take that. Great call. Uh, And that wraps up the matchups. This week's weekly challenge is uh, what I have dubbed the butt clencher, which is the smallest margin of victory for a winning team. So had we done this last week, Tony Tanzi would be the big winner. Mm -hmm. Uh, So $9.99 on the line this week for the smallest margin of victory. So maybe you've got a close matchup going into Monday and you got a guy going. Maybe you bench that guy so as to slow play for the nine ninety nine. <laughs> There's no shame in the specifically only, playing okay. for nine ninety nine. I don't think anyone in our league would slow play. Mm. I I think almost everyone in our league would go, Huh, I'm winning by one point. The other guy has the other person has no more starters, no more players. I have one more. Maybe I just bench. Maybe, or maybe that guy ends up fumbling on his first carry and getting hurt, and then you end up losing that matchup. There's a lot of factors to consider. And so benching would also be good. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, so just a quick recap on our picks. Uh, last week I went three and three. AJ went three and two. Uh, I am now twelve and six on the season. AJ is eleven and four. I believe by percentage points you're beating me, but by total wins, I am still in the lead. I'm also beating you by total losses. Uh, yeah. Well, whatever number you want to focus on is fine, but uh, most wins, Boso. All right, uh, that will do it for the week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, best of luck. Get your waiver claims in, and uh, happy fantasying. See you guys next week. Bye for now.
Jo. 